Welcome to the You Should Know This podcast by BCC Research. Our podcast features innovative companies and individuals who are working to shape, disrupt, and revolutionize not only their own industries, but also the way we'll live and work in the future. Each week, we talk to visionaries whose work is something you should definitely know about. Now, here's your host, Clara Mowit. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Clara Mawad, and as a content specialist for BCC Research, I'm excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future. Tech transfer is a world that in and of itself is focused on change, and change has certainly occurred during these uncertain times. To better grasp the state of the industry and where it's headed, I have with me today's guest, Dr. Sarah Inkenine. Founder of Nordic Catalyst, Sarah facilitates transferring scientific inventions to the business sector through her work as a technology transfer and innovation management consultant. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the invitation, Clara. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and kind of what led you to work in the tech transfer industry? Yes, sure. So as mentioned, I run a technology transfer and innovation management consulting company called Nordic Catalyst here in Vienna, in Austria. And I mainly focus on chemical technologies and life sciences in my work and uh, work with both research organizations and companies and clients. But how I actually ended up in this field? uh, Well, my path uh, starts actually from a place quite familiar to many of the listeners of this podcast as well, I believe, and that's the chemical laboratory. So I started my career in Finland, which is my original home country, with chemical research and working with bio-based and biodegradable polymers. And uh, like many scientists, I worked very long days and nights doing experiments in the lab and writing, trying to create something valuable. And uh, as I mainly worked in or with companies during my research career, it was always important and there was pressure to develop concepts that can be industrially applied. And this taught me to be very critical about what kind of results were actually promising and why and how they were that. And then when working in the academia in research or technology transfer uh, or later technology transfer, it uh, actually frequently bothered me how the research community does so much, so perfectly, a lot of hard work, but still just a fraction of, of even the most promising concepts are developed further or even communicated to the outside world. So... I wanted to do something about it and this was actually, it was this desire to accelerate the exploitation of scientific innovations at a broader scale that led me to technology transfer and got got me interested in this field. And yeah, I've been working in technology transfer since 2012, still on that learning path together with my clients and collaborators and it's led me to many different countries and to interesting collaborations with different organizations. So. I'm very happy about happy to be here. 
For sure. And it's great because it really feels like you're kind of that bridge between two really neat sectors, kind of the invention and the, you know, really the creative thought process and bringing that into light. And so I want to dig into that a bit more before we kind of look at the industry in a broad sense. Do you think you could walk us through how you kind of are that bridge, how you help transfer the scientific inventions and ideas and innovations and really see that happen in the business sector? Yes, sure. So at the moment, I work uh, both with technology transfer offices and also companies ranging from startups to established companies. And the overall aim or the goal in the work is to avoid this kind of waste to really facilitate and accelerate the utilization of the technologies. And uh, how I do that, for example, with technology transfer offices, I can provide operational help in the times of need, for example, for externally funded projects, externally funded uh, science to business projects, for example. Also, with regard to licensing, I often get to support TTOs, for example, to find the most suitable licenses to map certain industries in that way and to aid, for example, in negotiations. And I think what really makes me happy and what's my main advantage in my work is that I can really understand the researchers' world, where they're coming from, also understanding the TTO's objectives as well as the business objectives of the companies that are involved. So I think flexibility is very important in this work as well as the networks. And we're definitely going to talk about flexibility in a bit here. Um, but now that you know you've been in this world for a bit, you are you have a critical eye for both the academic side and understanding what ideas are worth cultivating and then how to do that. Um, taking a look in the past before we jump into the future, what would you say is the most exciting event or trend that has occurred in the past ten years or so in tech transfer? Well, that's a very challenging question, and. Uh... Well, I think in the beginning of this year, I would probably have said that it's the digital transformation or perhaps some positive changes in the attitudes towards entrepreneurship in the academia. But today I will say that it's the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So this is a global crisis that urgently requires new solutions that can only be developed by the scientific community and through international collaboration and international networks. And uh, this kind of relevant research-based solutions will, first of all, need to be identified, refined, and then taken forward by startups and companies and other organizations. And technology transfer professionals play a huge role in enabling this. And we're going to dive right into that. So starting with a broader perspective, how would you say that COVID-19 has really impacted the industry specifically? And both kind of COVID-19, the pandemic, how that's impacted businesses, but also with the transference to remote school, because I know that when you mentioned the academia portion, there's a lot of change on that end as well. Yes, this is a very important question. The COVID-19 definitely caused a very sudden and significant shift, for example, towards the remote work, digitalization in general for all industries. And of course, this has also been experienced by the TTOs, by the technology transfer and research communities. 
Mm, what I have seen is that the TTOs have coped really well with the situation in general, but I could mention three aspects that came to my mind here. Well, for the TTOs themselves, the pandemic and the home office has necessitated a kind of reassessment of the in-house policies and procedures. It has not been possible to work in the same way as before. And I'm myself a big believer in direct interactions over bureaucracy, for example. So I think the pandemic can also have helped in some sense the TTOs to assess what is really important in their work and what is not to kind of eliminate unnecessary steps and work. And secondly, of course, there have been a lot of practical challenges as well. For example, in this kind of research to business type of commercialization projects that are typically externally funded and aim at establishing proof of concept or in uh, at finding optimal commercialization routes for specific technologies. Uh, it has not been possible to establish this proof of concept in the time given, for example, because researchers have not been able to access the labs. So this has been just a, a practical hindrance. And uh, yes, there have been some, some delays, but on the other hand, many organizations have been very creative in keeping keeping the projects running, coming up with new solutions, new ways to work. And this has been very nice and inspiring to notice. And uh, thirdly, personally, I love meeting people and attending events for new inspiration, for new contacts, for new inform information as well. And also love to organize my own events. So it's been hard to be more isolated than normally. But luckily, we have definitely overcome this challenge already this year and there are various new ways to organize online events and yeah it's it's not really an issue anymore I would say. Yeah we're definitely seeing creative solutions to the variety of problems that have popped up um, and that's you know speaking of creativity and kind of that innovative thinking you mentioned that academia is extremely important in navigating the um, you know the pandemic really how are some of the ways or what are some of the ways that tech transfer has aided in COVID related research? Well, the pandemic has definitely highlighted the general importance of quality research and science, and this is great. I think the importance of science has definitely increased, and I mentioned uh, that some funding rounds have been delayed in my network, and on the other hand. The pandemic has for sure also facilitated the funding rounds, for example, the startups developing vaccines or other relevant technologies. And for example, life science related research is more important than ever. Also regarding text transfer and research, there are several platforms for sharing COVID related solutions and, and research solutions. And uh, for example, regarding licensing, uh, there are new common COVID licensing guidelines that are implemented by technology transfer offices overall in the world. And the aim of this kind of guidelines is to speed up and facilitate the access of companies and other relevant organizations to technologies that are needed to battle this pandemic. And I think the pandemic has in general caused the research organizations to open up more to be, and to be open to new types of collaborations. And it'll be really interesting to kind of see the product of that 
more open-mindedness even in the future. Um, now, coming back to the industry itself, you mentioned flexibility earlier, and at its core, tech transfer really is about flexibility and nurturing new innovations. Do you foresee a lot of changes to the industry itself post-COVID? Has it slowed down or sped up any particular trends in the field? Yes, you're definitely right. Flexibility is crucial in technology transfer and innovation management. As in entrepreneurship, in comparison, uh, experience plays a big role, but so does creativity and a kind of trial and error attitude and mentality. So I think we cannot know what will happen in the future, but to be prepared for different scenarios is important. And I would also like to highlight the role of collaborations and networks in this context. As I mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has definitely forced us all to find new, more efficient ways of working, to really find the core in what's important and what's not. And I also see a lot less territorial thinking in terms of, for example, IP um, through the collaborations and through these common, common goals. And this is also supporting the open innovation movement that's already been popular for some years. Uh, then also funding. I think this is an issue that's been important for TTOs always. And many TTOs have been struggling with tightening budgets already before COVID. So I think only time will tell if the TTO funding, for example, will increase due to, in, due to the increased importance of commercialization of scientific technologies and how, how this will show in the metrics, for example. Definitely. And kind of touching back on what you said about collaboration, um, I know that you are not local to the States so, and you've traveled a lot for your work. Um, what insights has your work internationally given you about the industry as a whole, especially right now? Well, I think the international aspects are really important. I myself started my tech transfer related career in the U.S., so as mentioned in the beginning, I have a research background, then got the opportunity to do some business studies in the U.S. and also work in one of the really prominent universities, technology transfer offices. And this experience, first to get, it, get an insight into the U.S. system and then to get to implement the suitable parts in Finland, for example, I, in Finland, I was responsible for a university's tech transfer and also established a nationwide technology transfer network there. So I think the international aspects couldn't be more important. And at the moment, I'm in Austria, uh, also a new country and working with TTOs also from different Central European countries. So I think this is a really international field and we can't, we can't really talk about it in terms of specific countries anymore. Also, for example, licensing, patenting activities, it's all global nowadays. For sure. And do you th foresee that, you know, a push for collaboration right now specifically for COVID, but do you kind of see that shift kind of being permanent internationally where people are, or I should say, you know, um, uh, schools are less territorial about their research and about how they go about cultivating their research? Yes, in terms of research, I think research is definitely also, it's very international. It's an international community in itself. It's important to be mobile in terms of, for example, the academic career path. It's very international. Mm, I think this, this will definitely stay. And how, of course, now we are in a kind of an isolated situation. So 
it's uh, it's a special situation still and will be for a while. But uh, digitalization and all these tools that we have nowadays are enabling, even in this situation, different types of collaborations. It's going to be great to kind of see what comes out of these collaborations in the future too, now that the mindset has kind of shifted. And speaking of that shift, I know that you know, there have been a lot of shifts across the board in all industries, but specifically looking at tech transfer. So what do you think that tech transfer professionals can do now to both prepare themselves for the current shifts, specifically for COVID, and then for the changes that are definitely going to come afterwards? I think now is a really good time to really think about the future, prepare in terms of, for example, flexibility, different scenarios, in terms of collaboration and internationalization, how this will change, what kind of possibilities there are. Also in-house, for example, assess the innovation procedures. So we have seen that this kind of the isolation and the shift towards more digitalization home office has made some steps in the typical tech transfer processes unnecessary, I would say. So to really assess these processes, see what's really useful, how they help you reach your objectives. I would say this kind of in-house assessment as well as reaching out, reaching out to different organizations and strengthening the networks. The keywords are flexibility and networks, definitely. And speaking of networks, um, I know that in-person events are huge and there's something just about seeing a person face-to-face that's way easier to kind of grasp than these kind of virtual events that maybe feel a little less personal, but kind of where we're at right now is virtual events. What are some of the advantages of the fact that these events are no are kind of digital um, then and how can people really take advantage of that? For example, related to matchmaking, I see a huge benefit in, for example, online matchmaking events, targeted events for different fields. You can really reach experts, reach funding agents, VCs from all over the world. So definitely there's huge advantages to that. Of course, I agree it's uh, it's always better to meet in person. But when it's not possible, these opportunities are there. And I think they will be there also in the future on the side of the personal interactions. So definitely worth taking advantage of. Definitely. <laughs> Sarah, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for all of your insights. I've got one last question for you before I let you go. Um, let's say there's a student who's now really just getting involved in tech transfer. They have ideas. They're getting into the research. What's one tip that you would give them? Well, if it's a researcher or a student who's just developed their own big idea and they want to commercialize that or see if it would be something to take forward, I would definitely advise them to take be in contact with their own TTO if they have one and together with the t- technology transfer experts start assessing this technology or this invention and mapping the way forward. For example, for licensing cases, the route is maybe a little bit more linear and the personal connections of the researcher are always often very useful. And if this is a case for a new startup, for example, for entrepreneurship, I would definitely recommend the researcher to join an entrepreneurship society or an accelerator program that would connect them to a wider network of of experts and also to -to peer-to-peer support on their first stages, on the first stages of their startup. 
great. Sarah, thank you so much for your time and for all of letting me pick your brain. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the You Should Know This podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or sending us a quick five-star review. New episodes come out weekly, and we're excited to have you join us as we continue to learn about the companies and individuals who are shaping our future.